0: Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I am so glad you're here. This podcast explores all the things that our younger selves needed to hear, whether that was 30 years ago, three years ago, or yesterday. After you listen to this episode, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And you can also find me on Instagram and TikTok at Love Letters and Mixtapes. This week, I wanted to speak about radical responsibility and personal accountability. Now, I'm sure that everyone listening has their own version of those two phrases. What does it mean to be radically responsible? What does it mean to be personally accountable? And the purpose of this discussion is not to dispute your definition or your version of it, but to encourage us all to expand our versions of it and to think about how what we do, what we say, the energy we bring, the decisions we make, how that affects us and the world around us. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And it's so funny to me because this topic, more so than almost any other topic, brings up feelings of self-consciousness almost as if I know that this is not on trend. I know what's going on in the world today. I know that we are encouraged to get out of self and point fingers at others, to diagnose them, to pathologize them, to take an accounting of what they're doing wrong and what they're doing right. And I understand how we can fall into that rhythm or into that trap of thinking that that is our role in the world, that that is something that will keep us safe. If we are constantly hyper vigilant and taking an accounting of what everyone else is saying and doing or what we think they haven't said or done, it feels like it is protecting and insulating us. But my intention with this podcast episode is to encourage us to get beyond that belief, to go a bit further to maybe reflect on what was that first moment in my life where I thought pointing a finger at another person was what was going to keep me safe? Who modeled that for me? What situations or dynamics was I in where I thought that was the thing that was going to keep me safe or give me leverage or help me access my power? And I am not here to say that it hasn't. I know that there have been many moments in my life when my ability to identify what someone else was doing was very protective. It was very helpful for me. And I am not saying that we should never do this, that we should never look at what anyone else is doing or saying or feeling. If you have listened to this podcast before, you know that I don't believe in black and white thinking. But I do like the idea of balancing out what we are doing And bringing some awareness to some of the coping mechanisms that we have relied on that may have distorted over time. And maybe at one point in time in our lives, these were the things that were protecting us. This saved us. But somewhere along the line, it changed, it switched, and it became something that's actually harming us. And while it may have allowed us to survive at one point or to survive a situation or a relationship, At some point, it might be the thing that prevents us from thriving, from actually reaching our true potential. Earlier this week, I was actually having a discussion about this in my workplace. And I thought it was really interesting because so often we think that these issues can only pop up in very emotionally charged situations, in our deepest relationships. But they can absolutely come up in a workplace. And in fact, they may come up there more so than anywhere else. And the way we described it at work was what it feels like to enter into a situation where you know it's going to be difficult. It almost feels like you're entering into a street fight. And when everyone on the street puts their hand behind their back and they take out a weapon and you put your hand behind your back and you pull out a bouquet of flowers or something like that. You almost feel unprepared. So when we are not approaching a situation with that accusatory energy, pointing a finger, critiquing someone else's decision making or taking an accounting of what we think they've done right or wrong, we almost feel as if we are showing up without a weapon. We have no armor. We have nothing to protect us. We're wide open. We are the ones standing in the street fight holding a bouquet of flowers and everyone else has a weapon. And I thought it was a really good analogy. I thought so many of us can relate to that. It's almost why we fear setting down some of our armor, right? Because we know these situations are going to come up. We know someone's going to be difficult or sarcastic or critique us. And isn't it better to play offense rather than defense? Shouldn't we attack first rather than wait to be attacked? And I love this discussion. Because I think it really encourages all of us to maybe unpack some of our fixed beliefs. When we have that weapon of blame or accusation or critique, it can lead us to a space of resentment and anger and otherness. Almost as if everyone else is some other and we can treat others any way we want to. I also think it leads to contraction and rigidity because now once we have begun critiquing someone else or focusing on them or taking an accounting of what they're doing or not doing we have to continue doing that we can't take our eyes off of them we have to keep checking in on them to make sure that they don't mess up again because our mind has now told us that that's what's protected us that's what gave us leverage that's what gave us power and if we surrender that What will we do? What will become of us? We will be that person in the street fight with the flowers. And that brings us to a state of hypervigilance. Hypervigilance, living in fight or flight, that survival mode, that is so restrictive. And while it can be seductive and almost intoxicating in this powerful feeling of having caught someone, having found them in that I gotcha moment, having that leg up, what does it ultimately do? It separates us. Now on the flip side, we're talking about radical responsibility and personal accountability. And what does that do? When I think about that in my own life, and I think about the maybe one or two times I've ever successfully pulled that off, I think it leads me to willingness, openness, creativity. And I know that that can sound like a strange word to use in this situation. How does radical responsibility introduce creativity? I think it takes us out of that rigid, constricted space. And it shows us possibilities and possibilities lead to creativity. And there's also this sense of all rightness when we are engaging in personal accountability and radical responsibility. And what does that mean for me? I think it means I will be all right no matter what. I will be all right if you take something from me. I'll be all right if you say something about me. I'll be all right if you do something. It may not be what I want. I may not like it. But I am so rooted in myself in that moment, I am so grounded, all of my power is centered around me because I have not dispersed it by pointing my finger at others, that I will be all right. So that sense of all rightness is really powerful and really beautiful. And it can seem elusive, right? As we're talking about this, it's like, yeah, 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 that sounds amazing. When does that happen? Doesn't feel like it's about to happen when you're in the middle of the street fight and you're just handing out roses. It doesn't come up then, and I get that. But over time, as we are practicing this sense of personal responsibility on a daily basis and taking the actions to apologize or make amends or fix things when things have gone sideways, it builds that sense of all rightness. It builds that creativity and those opportunities. And those doors open within us, but they also seem to open in the world around us. And it's that sense of being rooted in ourselves, being grounded, being really focused that is so powerful. It's not that everything automatically gets better around us, it's that inside of ourselves, we process things in a more clear and powerful way. And it's that particular feeling of being okay where we are with what we have doing and saying exactly what we're doing and saying that feeling that there isn't a single room in this entire world that you couldn't walk through with your head held high and looking everyone in the eye that is a really powerful feeling and so when we're talking about radical responsibility and we're talking about personal accountability we are also talking about our ability to navigate and tolerate the discomfort of our humanness. Because surprise, surprise, we make mistakes. We harm people. We say the wrong thing. I say the wrong thing all the time. I am not here to be perfect. Neither are you. We are here to have a deeply human experience. And part of that is making mistakes Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so in exploring this course correction, we might have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Have you ever had to apologize to someone? Not just when you're apologizing to fix a situation, but apologize when you know for a fact you were wrong or you harmed this other person. Think about that for a moment. Think about the last time you did that and everything that was going on inside of you. Think about that urge you felt to just run away, start over, burn everything to the ground. That might be easier than sitting in presence and sitting in that personal accountability. That's the discomfort that we're talking about. And so much comes out of that, right? So much growth and change. And yet, everything in us tells us to run the other way. But I love this. I love those moments that are an invitation to burn and serve, to just show up to the challenge and let it take you someplace. Let it transform you. And I know how scary that can be in a world where vulnerability almost seems dangerous. It almost feels as if you are setting yourself up for something. And the practice here is not to wait until the stakes are the highest they've ever been in your life. That radical responsibility we're talking about happens all the time. And if you're practicing it on a daily basis, it doesn't sting as much the time when you have to do it and it really counts. If we develop this emotional muscle memory to be responsible, to be accountable, to be free with our apologies and our sincere amends, what does that do for us? I think that is so empowering. And I also believe that this practice will take us places that defensiveness never will. Now, I know that this entire episode can sound really confronting, especially if you have recently been harmed. So I want to affirm I do not know what is going on in your personal life. I personally have been deeply harmed by people in my life. I am in no way brushing that away and saying it's no big deal. I should have just muscled through it. I'm radically responsible. Nothing you do phases me. I'm not saying that. I'm not looking at the extremes. I am looking at our everyday practices. I'm looking at radical responsibility in the words we say, in the actions we take, in the energy we bring, those nonverbal cues that we bring to situations, whether it is our family, our friends, our romantic partners, or even at work. How are we showing up? And are we walking into these dynamics with other people and creating a complicated obstacle course for them? Or are we creating a broad highway where it is okay to make a mistake, where you do not have to be perfect and we can still be in relationship? Because if I am in that practice of accountability and responsibility, I don't need to judge you. I do not need to focus on you because I'm pretty busy focusing on me. It's that idea of if I am keeping my side of the street clean, I don't need to focus on yours. Because if I'm doing it consistently and I'm doing it well and I'm doing it thoroughly, it's going to keep me pretty busy. Another way that I like to look at all of this is that our need for other people to be perfect all the time is another way of absolving ourselves from presence, awareness, discernment, and tough decision-making. Because if I am outsourcing all of those tasks that are part of being an adult human, and I'm saying, that's all on you. You have to be a thousand percent trustworthy. You have to be a thousand percent above board all the time. I have to have complete trust and faith in you. It's almost saying, I don't want to show up for myself. And I know that can sound completely controversial. So I'm going to ask you to just think about it for a second, especially if it didn't sit right. In what way is my need for you to be perfect preventing me from developing these emotional skills and tools and muscles in my own life? And I'm not saying that it's okay if other people lie to us or harm us or steal from us or cheat on us. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about the need for us to be right at a pathological level and us to point fingers at others constantly. And when we position ourselves that way, it prevents us from showing up for our own lives. And it can be such a struggle for so many of us. Very often on this podcast, I highlight the experience of adult children of alcoholism, substance use, abuse, dysfunction, all of those things. And what it's like when you grow up in that situation and then have to show up for your adult life. And so someone can be listening who grew up in a situation very similar to me and think, what are you talking about? What do you mean that I'm pointing a finger at other people? I just want them to do X, Y, and Z. I just expect X, Y, and Z. I'm not saying you can't have wants, and I'm not saying you can't have expectations. I'm saying, at what point does our need for perfection in other people cross a line? At what point does it prevent us from looking at ourselves? from bringing that energy back home and saying, what do I have control over in my own life? And am I getting wrapped up in all of the things that I don't have control over because it takes you on this carnival ride that you can never get off of because people will lie. They will hurt you. They will fail. They will do and say the wrong thing. And it will keep you in this perpetual busyness of focusing on others instead of bringing that attention back home and saying, what can I do where I am with what I have as who I am in this very moment? And in saying that, I am in no way saying, never pay attention to what other people do or people can do whatever they want and you should just deal with it. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, I don't want to be in the sin accounting business of others. When I do that, it's a full-time job, and it is not rewarding. I would much rather look at what I'm doing and how I'm showing up in my own life. And when I'm not distracted by you, guess what happens? I can pay attention to, what did I do in that moment? How did I show up? What was my energy? What was my attitude? Yes, I might have said this one thing, but was I insinuating something else? Was I being passive-aggressive? Was I not being honest, forthcoming? Was I being difficult and then acting as if nothing had happened? All of these things that are very human behaviors that we'll never look at if all day long we're pointing fingers at other people. So what does that look like for those of us who are interested in living in radical responsibility and personal accountability? Do I think we should go over the top right away and write a hundred point accountability every night? No, I don't think so. I think when we do extreme things, it's almost a dopamine hit right away. And then we drop off. What I would encourage you to do is to carve out time every evening where you take a moment to reflect on your day. Just start there. And that can sound so insignificant. Someone could be listening to me right now and saying, Oh, that's your instruction think about my day, but when you begin doing it, you realize how we never do that. We never sit in that uncomfortable pause and say, from start to finish today, how was I engaging with others? How was I showing up? What was I bringing to situations? Could I have done better? Could I have been more honest? Could I have been more helpful? Was I withholding information? Was I lying by omission? So taking that time every night, maybe just beginning with one minute of reflecting on your day, and then as the days and weeks go on, expand that amount of time that you spend reflecting on your day. Expand the amount of time that you sit in those uncomfortable pauses, and you are not overstimulated. You're not on your phone. You're not on social media. You're not listening to anything. You're not watching anything. You're just sitting with yourself and checking in with yourself and saying, what did I do, say, think, feel, and could I have done something different? And I love this regular practice, this daily or nightly practice, because radical responsibility and personal accountability are more of a pause than an action. And I want you to think about that, because what we're saying here is Not do more. It's almost take a step back. Allow for some perspective, some reflection. And what can come when we do that? What happens when we're not being constantly overstimulated? When we're not pointing fingers at others? When we're sitting in the uncomfortable stillness of reflecting on who we are in the world? And when the body becomes still, the mind always begins to wander. And that's where the creativity comes in. That's where the opportunity, the reflection, the new perspective, trying new things, being different, taking an alternative action in a situation where you would have handled it much differently yesterday, last week, a month ago, three years ago, and that's the growth. And if you have been engaging in this practice for some time, eventually you are going to come across something you did that you are not comfortable with something that you want to fix, something that you want to change. And something really interesting that I have noticed is when we engage in this daily practice of responsibility and accountability, we begin to minimize the amount of time between when we have harmed someone and when we apologize and make amends. And that is so key. It is so much more difficult to make those apologies and amends, to fix something that we have broken, the more time we allow to pass. And while it can be a really challenging task, and I am not minimizing it in any way, if you've had to apologize or make amends, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I do find that when we begin to engage in that practice on a regular basis, it does not become this assault on our ego. It does not feel like this big task to make those apologies and amends. Because at that point, we have developed those emotional muscles and we know what we need to do and we do it immediately. And we really see that freedom that comes with taking responsibility when we can turn to someone that we have harmed and say, have I harmed you in some way that I am not aware of? And listening to that answer and sitting in that discomfort, Won't kill us. Well, I hope that this episode has encouraged you to take a pause and reflect on what you are bringing to your workplace, your relationships, your friendships, your family, to strangers on the street. What is that energy? What is the body language? What are the words? What are the actions? What it currently looks like in your life and what it could look like in your life? And maybe helped you to reflect on. What changes could take place if this was a practice you engaged in every single night? And I'm going to encourage you, after you listen to this episode, try it just for the next seven days. Just one week, one minute a night of reflecting on what you brought to every situation during the day. Personally, I am here for freedom and liberation and expansiveness And I know that those three things often come with this responsibility and accountability. And getting comfortable with discomfort is shockingly powerful. So I encourage you to experiment with that this week. And to close this episode, I'll share a quote from one of my favorite poets, Charles Bukowski. He said, in dreams begin responsibilities. So until next time. Make sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can also take a moment to like, rate, or review this podcast, or maybe even send this episode to someone in your life that you believe would resonate with it. My greatest hope with this podcast is that it gets shared between people and it inspires conversation and change. Thank you so much for being here.